0: Welcome to Ask Andy, featuring Andrew Redleaf. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs. This is the time of the year for market predictions for 2022, and I'm going to indulge in that As I've indicated before, the first rule of predicting is if you give a price, don't give a date. If you give a date, don't give a price. Given that this is sort of by convention predictions for the year, one's forced to give a date. Therefore, I am going to give a price, but I'm going to use the dodge of assigning probabilities. But in point of fact, I can't actually be proven wrong. And The paramount prediction that I'm going to offer is 2022 will be a bear market year. Putting a number on the S&P, I'm going to say down 30% or thereabouts, so closing roughly at the 3500 level. And this will be led by declines in the mega-cap stocks. Large-cap will generally outperform mega-cap. So the defining large-cap is, say, uh, $50 billion to 150 or $200 billion in market cap. I'm speaking on January 10th, so after one week of market activity. And the first week of January was actually quite extraordinary in the degree to which Megacap and tech generally underperformed the rest of the markets. By some measures, this was definitely in the top five of underperformance for one group versus another over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And I'm saying that that move has legs and substance and will be a dominating theme going forward. It's the Apples, the Microsofts. Facebook, Tesla, Google, Amazon, the six, seven, ten biggest stocks in the S&P that will be down the most. And because they constitute you know, something like 50% of the S&P, they will drag it down too. And I don't really have an opinion on the performance of small caps versus the index as a whole, but the dominant opinion is very, very poor performance for the mega cap stocks. Why and particularly why now? The first points I would make was just the absolute and relative size of the largest companies is something I feel isn't given enough consideration. So in previous podcasts, I've at least mentioned the idea of Kelly criteria or most simply put that one's bets which is to say one's weightings, one's allocations, should bear some relationship to the ratio of expected return to risk. And if we look at the S&P 500, Apple has between 25 and 30 times the weighting of stock like 3M. Nice homegrown company, diversified industrial and consumer businesses, been around for a long time sort of in the middle of the s p 3m has a three plus percent dividend yield i think most people who you know own stocks own the s p would think that over time anyway that the share price wouldn't go down and that therefore you know the expected return in triple m is at least three percent a year now by most measures the risk in Triple M and the risk in Apple look roughly measure it. It's hard to say. One can look at the realized volatility, their implied volatility, their idiosyncratic volatility, factoring out the market, and while the numbers fluctuate, they're in the same order of magnitude. So if one believes that the risks are roughly comparable and that the then to be optimizing one's portfolio construction for Apple to have 25 or 30 times the weight of Triple M means that the return expectation needs to be 25 or 30 times higher. This is a position that nobody can possibly believe. And so everybody you know, really has to recognize that in aggregate the portfolio construction is wrong or suboptimal. Now, this has been the case for quite a while, and it's unarguable that Apple is worth more than Triple M. So why and how does the world bring their portfolios more into balance? One possibility, which would not immediately and dramatically lower the price of apple stock is apple could make a massive cash distribution and in fact over time one is apt to start seeing this and occasionally apple has been pressured or at least subject to suggestion that that should happen and it might but i would proffer that at least a part of the recalibration will be a dramatic decline in apple stock now currently apple trades at something like 30 times earnings now in the peak of the 2000 bubble cisco i believe was briefly the largest company in the world certainly one of the largest company in the world and it had a multiple of a hundred that was absolutely unprecedented in history that a mega cap stock has a extremely high multiple. So now, post-2000, there is precedent for mega cap stocks having multiples even higher than 30, and one can't dismiss that as an absolute impossibility. But I would suggest, you know, by no measure is 30 cheap. A 30% decline in Apple stock bringing its multiple to 21 would put it in line with Google. And so there's room for major decline without there being any fundamental change or disaster. Why now? Why not last year or two years ago or not for three, four or five years? And here, what I would suggest as the changes that make it more imminent are first the end of extraordinarily easy monetary policy which triggers a reassessment of people's portfolios and a rationalization at least to some degree the other thing i would throw out is there's been with the change in administration, but even sort of before, the climate for mega stocks is worse. The Biden administration loves antitrust as a talking point, and big tech has essentially no political friends and ambiguous support at best among the population as a whole in terms of their contribution to society government hostility to particular corporations directed at their size has proven to be difficult to overcome. So IBM was the stock of the 70s and early 80s. I'm not sure when the antitrust probe into IBM started and when they actually settled. It was a long time and the you know it started commencing maybe in the 70s or early 80s and lasting, quite a few years, but it coincided with IBM ceasing to be the darling of the markets, with IBM ceding Mm -hmm. chip design and production to Intel and software to Microsoft. I think the political pressure under big tech is reaching a point somewhat analogous to that. I would also point out that when the Justice Department began pursuing Microsoft for antitrust, that coincided with a decade of very lackluster performance. So you have combination of factors, all of which existed at least to some degree a year earlier, and all of which could persist for longer, but their valuation... They are very extreme imbalances in the world slash index portfolio construction, changing, tightening, less accommodated monetary policy and for a hostile political social environment. One of the things I want to add that while I believe the market will be quite weak, the market will have a readjustment. And it's you know more than the 10% that people call a correction, more than the 20% that people say is the border of a bear market. And yet, I do believe the economy will be fine. In particular, I think labor shortages, the tightness in the labor market is endemic, that an uptick in labor participation, which hasn't appeared yet, and I don't think will, but in any event, that will be insufficient. And so from the point of view of people as laborers, employees, workers, the economy will be quite good. And I think one can actually list this, you know, when I talked about the factors of why now, why not last year, two years ago. In addition to the end of extraordinarily accommodative monetary policy, endemic labor workforce shortages is another change. This will put upward pressure on inflation and downward pressure on corporate profit margins. And I think this factor, as well as all of the others, are beginning to affect people's consciousness and will be expressed in market prices over the next year. Thank you for listening to Ask Andy. If you would like to submit a question, please email askandypodcast at gmail.com. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs.